0: I'm Rachel Krishna, and this is a full fact short investigation on QAnon in the UK. So QAnon is this conspiracy theory, which has its roots in essentially the election of Donald Trump. It kind of started with what is known as the Pizzagate theory. Pizzagate is the belief that Hillary Clinton and similar democratic politicians ran a child abuse ring in a pizzeria basement, and it kind of blew up when a gunman entered into a pizzeria in Washington, DC. Uh, So people would post on message boards like 4chan as anons. And there were lots of different anons. And the one that kind of really captured people's attention was this person called QAnon. Q is a government level clearance in the US. And they were claiming to know all these different things that President Donald Trump was working against this cabal of child abusing elites, that there was a kind of great global conspiracy. It's kind of similar to a Illuminati conspiracy. The user would post these kind of very confusing, anonymous messages. They're really hard to understand and really cryptic. And they were almost like puzzles for people. And people really got a kick out of essentially trying to see these puzzles in the real world. So they might say something like, the Red Hawk will happen on Monday, and then maybe Donald Trump might say the word red in a speech, and people will be like, he's he's in it, he understands, you know. But since its inception in kind of 2017, uh, it's really expanded. It's gone from just explaining the presidency and being this kind of like very niche message board theory to encapsulating a lot of beliefs that go against authorities to things like anti-5G, anti-mask during the pandemic, and kind of the fringes of anti-vax conspiracies.
1: So if it's about Donald Trump, why has it come over to the UK? A
0: lot of people claims that this year the theory made its way to the UK. So there's some kind of dispute about that because a lot of scholars, I guess, of QAnon, a lot of people who've been researching this and know the theory well, say that actually British people have been quite heavily involved from the start. There's been a lot of people who are based in the UK, in Britain, who have really fed this theory and been enthusiastic about it since 2017. And that speaks to the inherent borderless nature of the internet. The theory in like the last year or so has really expanded the base of ideas that it covers and so that's kind of how it made its way to the uk in a sense in that it started to encompass things which people who tended to believe in conspiracy theories in the uk or were more tended to believe in conspiracy theories could really connect with so the child abuse kind of claims are a real kind of big point for QAnon non believers in the uk i'd say but then again things like the pandemic anti mask you know it's been obviously a very busy big year um, just across the world and those kind of conditions really lend themselves to conspiracy theories so maybe not the year that QAnon came to uk in a sense but the year that it really managed to like settle and get a lot of followers here if you spent any time on the internet really in like the past five or so years a really big part of uk internet has been I guess you'd describe it as a fixation on paedophiles. Things such as the U-Tree, Jimmy Savile, the Rotherham grooming gangs, all these kind of very obviously terrible and horrible events which have happened have been very fertile ground. So QAnon's really latched onto that. It's really latched onto this kind of recent fear and culture of child abuse and child harm.
1: So that's the main theme, is it about protecting children?
0: Yeah, that seems to have been what has really resonated in the UK over the summer. I mean, in the kind of monitoring we we do at Full Fact of Content, there was this huge wave of fear of child abductions that seemed to come out of absolutely nowhere. But suddenly, a bunch of young women and mums were posting on Facebook that they were scared, their kids were about to be abducted. It just seemed to basically be a kind of moral panic which grew out of, you know, the conditions of the pandemic where everyone was a little bit scared and a little bit on edge
1: so this isn't necessarily new we've had moral panics about this sort of thing for ages
0: oh yeah like child harm is a real bread and butter conspiracy theory and moral panic you know the witch trials and fears of witches and fears of outsiders this could be anyone from jewish people to certain Christian denominations, they were persecuted for apparently causing child deaths. In the Bible, there's King Herod and he was a Jewish king who, you know, is said to have killed babies. It's really rooted in our culture, this kind of fear of what happens to our children. And it's very understandable. I mean, the reason this happened centuries and centuries ago is because of very high child mortality rates. Kids would die, most of them at a very young age and people would obviously be absolutely devastated and full of grief And at a time before medicine and at a time before good explanations of why this would happen. Who would you blame? Would you blame the ideas of nature and the ideas of good health care or would you blame this weird person who lives slightly outside the rest of your village's culture and seems to to what you feel be a bit suspicious?
1: So it's just another anti-Semitic conspiracy theory?
0: Yeah, I mean, anti-Semitism is a very big part of conspiracy theories. The Illuminati. there's part of QAnon which focuses a lot on ideas of blood libel. When people use these terms like elites and fears of elites, they are usually kind of dog-whistling towards ideas of anti-Semitism. With the QAnon in the UK, while we haven't probably seen out-and-out anti-semitism as of yet a lot of the terms that are being used do kind of whistle that way
1: so who's at the forefront of this who's leading this who are the influential figures
0: A lot of women are involved in this. One of the people who's been really discussed is a woman called Laura Ward. And she's very interesting because she tried to kind of, with the group which she had, which was called Freedom for the Children, which has now been taken down by Facebook, she was very careful about the way she talked about a lot of things. She would never directly, you know, say Q things, although some of her followers might. And she'll kind of talk in this very new agey way. So it'd be things like light healing or clearing sexual trauma ceremony where you'd pay 20 quid and someone would help you get over previous child trauma and things like that. Um, Hope Not Hate, who have done a lot of really good work on this, also point towards people like David Icke for setting the kind of ground for this theory. But I think as well, a lot of this has come not undirected but there is a lot of kind of like grassroots someone will post something and suddenly it blows up and they become a big figure in this so a lot of the Magna Carta stuff which again is a distrust and authority the woman who posted it on her salon or whatever has now become a minor hero and because of the way social media amplification works there's a lot of influencer culture and that kind of thing which runs throughout this
1: so protecting children seems like a pretty unobjectable aim what's the danger here
0: as someone says in my piece samantha north who would go against saying protect children like, if you say no to that, you you sound absolutely insane, because the morality of it is extremely inherent, you want to protect children. And so you believe in all these kind of things. The harm here is that the ways that people go about it, the kind of fringe things that come in. So as I discussed before, things like, Conspiracy theories against certain ethnic groups kind of really come out of this. You see a lot of accusations towards Muslim or Asian people because of previous stories about grooming gangs and really riles up xenophobic racial hatred. And then there's also the kind of thing of people being financially, I guess, con by some of these things so like the spiritual healing stuff you could even look at a very extreme example to Alex Jones and like his supplements a lot of these people who exist in the conspiracy theory sphere exist in there because of financial gain and I I guess in a kind of grander sense of things the anti-authority thing has brought in the anti-mask protests the anti-lockdown protests which obviously they have a very clear harm it's going to spread coronavirus it's going to get people killed. There's a lot of potential harms here and it really depends on the place in which someone fits into this.
1: And of course, the anti-vax undercurrent with it all as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like this general distrust of authority, distrust of medicine. Anti-vaxing could really cause problems. We've seen things like measles outbreak happening again, places losing their status of being free of certain diseases because of anti-vax conspiracies. And, you know, there is a scale of this. There is people who are full-blown anti-vaxxers, conspiracy people who will never have their minds changed and then there are people who might be a little bit hesitant. You know anti-vaxxers fits in really well with fear of child harm because what happens when kids get vaccines? They start crying. It's a needle going into a child's arm. It's not the most pleasant thing to think about especially for parents. It fits in really nicely there and it's understandable that some people have this kind of hesitancy then and so there's a whole scale but it causes harm all the way down if someone's not getting a vaccine that's another potential case of measles mumps rubella you know whatever like that another case of covid coming up
1: and is the movement growing or are there any signs of it waning as a result of trump's defeat
0: so i don't think in my personal opinion that trump's defeat's going to cause much harm to QAnon in the uk because it's always been detached from him in this way politically, QAnon in the UK has kind of done a, what Brexit did, and it's really skewered among political beliefs. When the Marcus Rashford thing happened a few weeks ago with the food banks, that story really divided people. There was some people yelling about obviously helping children, you know, save the children and everything like that. And there were other people yelling, well, people need to help themselves. And it was just real kind of skewering, which was really interesting. I think, you know, as I said before, we're in a very stressful time. We're in a pandemic. The news for the last few years has been very intense and a lot. And so it's natural that people turn to these kind of theories to kind of explain the world. The witch hunts that kind of really categorised the 1400s started under very stressful conditions as well. And what happened was they never really actually went away in a sense you know villagers, people slightly disconnected from sources of power still kind of participated in these witch hunts and so I think part of this is understanding that conspiracy theories will always live with us and there are going to be people who do not vaccinate their children there are going to be people who have xenophobic views towards certain groups of people because they feel that they are more likely to harm children. These are always going to exist, and it's mostly about convincing and comforting the less extreme of those groups of people.